Chapter Twenty of the Campfire Girls at Sunrise Hill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Campfire Girls at Sunrise Hill by Margaret Vandercook. Polly. But Polly did not come back within the hour or indeed all night. Naturally, there was little sleep among the Campfire Girls or their guardian who imagined all possible tragedies miss mcmurtry wondered if polly could have gone down to the lake and in the darkness fallen into the water but then the moon was shining brilliantly and she could swim with perfect ease this idea was only brought on by fear what had probably happened was that she had wandered off for a walk lost her way and decided that it was far wiser to spend the night quietly in the woods rather than wear herself out with tramping when the sunrise came she would return with this idea miss mcmurtry comforted and encouraged the girls for it was impossible that they should do more than search for their companion in the nearby woods and fields it is true that betty wanted to attempt to climb sunrise hill taking lanterns with her fearing that polly had attempted a short walk and managed to sprain her ankle and that esther and sylvia wharton were more than anxious to go with her but Miss McMurtry would not hear of it, having a vision of four lost girls instead of one. There was nothing to do but wait the few hours now until daybreak, and then, if Polly did not return, properly organize searching parties to seek for her. If the campfire girls had learned anything of scouting methods, this would be their opportunity. Molly O'Neill was, of course, the person who required the tenderest care during the night. She and Polly were closer than other sisters, so unlike in temperament and yet one another's shadows if only she could have imagined some explanation for her sister's disappearance for of course everybody knew of polly's sudden vagaries and yet it was unlike her to be so inconsiderate without cause although betty ashton probably understood her friend even better than her sister did as she sat quietly by molly's side for several hours insisting that there was really nothing alarming in polly's flight and that she would doubtless be both vexed and ashamed of herself in the morning she too was equally puzzled for naturally she was not so confident as she pretended although not until her hour came for rest and after she had actually tumbled into bed did she break down then esther and sylvia wharton who in some strange quiet fashion seemed a comfort to everyone tonight had insisted that they relieve betty's watch with molly dropping on her couch not to sleep but to gain strength for the next day's quest quite by accident betty's hand slipped under her pillow with a low exclamation overheard by the other three girls in the tent she drew out folded square of paper her name was on the outside apparently hurriedly addressed in polly's handwriting it read dear betty your money was stolen at least not in the way you think it was but perhaps in another almost as bad for i found it in the woods on the day when i went into the village alone and i made no effort to find out to whom it belonged you must have dropped it out of your letter on your way back to camp for there was no mark on the envelope in which i found it but i do not mean this as an excuse i do not think it one if i had not felt like a thief perhaps i would not have been ashamed to confess my fault before the other girls as i should have done before our altar fire tonight. i tried but i did not have the courage so i am going away from camp please tell miss mcmurtry molly and the other girls and do not ask me to come back 
for it is impossible if i could return your money betty i should not feel so bitterly humiliated but as i cannot at present i would rather not see you until i can of course we are no longer friends for you cannot wish it and always it has seemed to me that your wealth and my poverty makes the gulf between us i can only say that i am truly sorry yours sincerely polly having finished this ungracious note of apology betty handed it without comment to esther and then buried her own head in the pillow if polly could feel toward her in this manner because of a mistake which they had both made then nothing she could do or say would make any difference for to insist to polly that she had a perfect right to use the money found by accident would not be altogether true and would not change her point of view while to declare that the return of the money to its rightful owner was a matter of indifference would only deepen the misunderstanding less accustomed to polly's writing esther read the note aloud slowly and then it was that molly's and betty's positions were changed and molly became instead of the comforted the comforter that is exactly like polly o'neill she announced indignantly here she has done something she ought not to do without thinking like spending that money without trying to find its owner and now because she is so sorry she goes ahead and makes things worse for everybody instead of better molly slid off her own hemlock bed and crossing the tent sat down by betty don't you worry dear or feel in the least responsible she whispered you know polly is hateful sometimes just because she is so ashamed and miserable she does not know how to be anything else she does care for you more than anyone and you know that she will do almost anything to make peace with you as soon as she comes to her senses of course betty i understand you don't care for the money part why you would give either of us ten times that amount if you could and we would accept it but you won't mind my writing mother to make things all right then after a few words of explanation to their guardian the campfire girls slept quietly until daylight but even after they had eaten a hurried breakfast together the wanderer had not returned betty sylvia and esther went off in one direction miss mcmurtry and the two younger girls nan and beatrice in another while molly meg and eleanor took the interior of the webster farm the chief obstacle in their search being that it was apparently impossible to discover the direction of polly's footprints on first leaving camp the grass in the neighborhood being so constantly trodden down by the feet of so many girls billy webster as he preferred to be called was in a wheat field with his reaper just about to start to work when a campfire girl whether molly or polly he could not tell at first came running toward him in apparent distress so as not to make another mistake he let the girl speak first only smiling at her in a sufficiently friendly fashion to make it very simple molly's first words were luminous have you seen anything of polly she is lost or gone away or at least we can't find her therefore until lunchtime billy kept up the search over the farm with the three girls and though they were not successful in making any discovery it was surprising what a comfort the girls found him particularly molly who seemed to depend on him as though he had been an old friend i am sure there isn't the least reason to be seriously alarmed he assured her half a dozen times with a curious understanding of polly's character you see your sister has got a funny streak in her that makes her mighty interesting and mighty uncertain how angry polly would have been could she have heard him she has got a lot to learn before she settles down by noon finding his three companions nearly exhausted 
the young man persuaded them to go up to the big comfortable farmhouse see his mother have their luncheon and rest and straightway on meeting her mrs webster took a liking to molly that was to last all the rest of her life during this time betty esther and sylvia were going slowly along the main path that led through the fields and finally onto the high road into the village miss mcmurtry and her assistants were climbing sunrise hill but sylvia wharton was so tediously slow about every five minutes she would stop and kneel down in the dirt attempting to fit an old shoe of polly's into any fresh track she happened to observe the other two girls wandered off into bits of woods or meadows nearby calling and hunting but sylvia never went with them there is no use she explained polly has gone straight into woodford and because it was night had to take the regular path instead of going through the fields as she usually does claiming to have exactly traced her footsteps esther and betty were still not convinced it is such a stupid idea sylvia betty argued for there isn't anybody in town now to whom polly would go in the middle of the night and besides she would be ashamed to let people know she had run away from camp nevertheless sylvia kept stolidly on and because her companions had nothing better to suggest they followed after her on the high road sylvia who would still creep like a tortoise suddenly stooped down the august dust was very thick along the way and wagons had already been traveling into town and yet she picked up a string of red white and blue beads which surely were polly's since patriotism had been one of her chief studies during the summer it was also sylvia's suggestion that led the little party of friends straight to mrs o'neill's closed cottage the doors and windows in front of the house were sealed but betty found the door of the old kitchen halfway open and there inside on her mother's lounge lay polly she seemed to be almost asleep when the girls entered but awakened immediately and in a wholly different frame of mind realizing in the last few hours when it was too late how great an anxiety her disappearance must have caused she wanted to go back to camp to confess her fault and at least to persuade betty to forgive her yet she dared not trust herself to go alone for polly's head was aching furiously her face was hot and flushed and any attempt to walk made her sick and dizzy while betty and esther were discussing what had best be done polly having trusted herself wholly to their hands neither of them noticed sylvia wharton's withdrawal when they did there was hardly time to comment upon it before she reappeared at the back door with her round face covered with dust and looking more freckled and homelier than ever a carriage will be here in five minutes to take us to camp i have ordered it she announced end of chapter twenty